Hello, I'm Joanna North. I'm a psychotherapist and psychologist. Welcome to my MindKind podcast. Hello, this is Joanna North, and this is the MindKind podcast, which are made to help parents and families get along together and enjoy their lives together and give good advice to parents on managing children and good advice, particularly on mental health and well-being for everyone. So this week, I want to talk to you about something that's in the British news. It might not be in your European news, but the subject of smacking children has been raised. So for those of you that aren't listening from Britain this week, Wales uh, joined Scotland in the ruling of making smacking children illegal. England has not made that ruling as yet, but it is going to be debated. And there have been various people saying various things about the issue. And I'm sure that parents around are thinking to themselves, what is, what is the best thing to do? And what is the best way to discipline and manage children? So in our last recording, we talked about nonviolent resistance, which is a way to manage children effectively if children are being violent in the home. And I think that this recording on smacking follows on very nicely from there. So we have Nadeem Zahawi, who is the education minister in the UK and um, very respectful and, and fine minister who's done some fantastic work in Britain, uh, not the least his incredibly hard work during the pandemic. So I've got a lot of respect for him. But in, in his role as education, he's come down on the side of letting parents make a choice and being liberal in his thinking about smacking, saying, you know, it doesn't hurt uh, to discipline a child through a light smack. So I'm not going to argue with people that make that choice in this recording. As I say, I've got a lot of time for Nadim Zahawi, but I just don't think that's the right thing to do. And I don't think much of the science these days leads us towards smacking. So in this recording, I'm going to give you lots of food for thought about not smacking because you have plenty of other options and smacking isn't one of them. But I noticed that quite a lot of people, particularly adults, I mean, I'm not hearing from children on this because I bet if we asked any child, they would say, I don't want to be smacked, but Terry White in the Sunday Times talks about smacking and says, you know, it, it wasn't harmless for her. It caused her a lot of upset and does even now. And we have people saying, oh, well, it never did me any harm or, um, you know, my parents used to smack and they weren't bad people. Well, I'm quite sure that parents that smack aren't bad people, but I think they're not choosing the right option. So in the last generation, perhaps in the 50s and 60s, which actually isn't the last generation, it's the generation before. I think that so the, the generation in which I was raised, it was common to smack children. It was just entirely accepted. I, I was smacked by teachers. I was hit by teachers and I was hit by my parents. And um, it, it, it wasn't something we gave too much thought to, except for what I can say is any smack that I did have is well remembered and hurt a lot, even though my, my parents wouldn't have intended that. I think it's, it's a really bad idea. And it brings me on to my first comment about smacking is that if you want to smack your child, what you have to hold in mind is your child will remember that smack. And they will probably remember it for the rest of their lives. You, you may well forget it, but they will remember it. And we hold these memories of physical punishment in our, in our minds, but we also hold them 
in our bodies there's a broad range of behaviors i mean for example say for example you're play fighting with your children that's actually quite a healthy thing to do because you will you know you will not overpower your children you will not make them feel in pain you will simply be play fighting and showing them that they can be dominated uh, i certainly think that play fighting is very healthy for for boys and girls but we're not talking about play fighting where parents are mindful and engaging in a non-harmful way smacking is is a reaction uh to to a child and it is a reaction where there's a lack of words and the smack itself is supposed to be a communication and the communication to the child would be you better stop that now The fact is there are much better ways to communicate that to a child and there's much more effective ways to do that. And there are ways to do that so that your child won't won't hold that memory. If you like corruption in the relationship, because I think that's what it is, I think that you say, I have authority and dominance over you. And there's only one thing that happens when you do that to a child, and that is that you frighten them. And and you upset them and you cause a fracture between you and them that takes time to recover. So if you smack, if you choose, you make that choice to smack, you have to remember that you can have quite a lot of work to do to put it right. And you may not put it right. There may be smacks that you put right. There may be smacks that actually get remembered and are simply a fracture to your relationship with probably the most beloved person in your life. So I really want that that to be the first thing that parents think about if they're going to make this choice. And if they make the choice to smack, you need to know what's going to be the result of it. And the result's going to be long-term. You're going to get a short-term result. You're going to get what you want, probably. But the long-term is that you've done something that's fractured your relationship with your child. So let's think about the next way to go. Um, So children learn through mirroring. Children copy in almost identical detail what they actually see. So if they see parents using violence as as a way to get what they want, they will copy that. They will think that's the way forward. And so you need to know, the second thing you need to know if you're going to make the choice to smack is that your child will probably mirror those behaviours and will hold them in mind and see them as part of their own choice. So don't be surprised if your child then goes and smacks someone at school or smacks a sibling or uses that form of communication in, in their life. And then, of course, they might get another smack for that, which only goes to show the cycle of behavior that that you're creating. And you need to, again, I'm telling you about your choices, so you need to be able to hold that in mind. So what are the options here? Why not use words as a form of managing your, your children? Why not tell your child what they're getting wrong and what it is you want to have happen to make that change why not inform them of what they have to do you don't just land on them and smack them okay so if you've given them a few warnings which is i know part of being a parent and it's very frustrating and very difficult you give children warnings and they still don't stop well they're still testing you they're just testing to see what you're made of 
And what you then have to do is perhaps remove something that they might be playing with. You need to change the context around them. So you try the verbal warning and then you change the context. So if it's a toy that they're playing with in, in a sort of crazy way, then you just simply take that off of them and then they won't be able to engage in that behavior. So what you want to do is show them, not tell them, mostly with children middle years children seven till about 14 you're showing them you're not telling them and with little tiny children you know from the minute they're starting to toddle around and engage in behaviors engaging with their world you're changing the context that they're in so they can't do the wrong thing and you're also showing them the right thing to do so you demonstrate you need to become a demonstrator of the behavior that you want to see if you ask parents how they feel about slapping their children, most of them will say that they feel terrible after they've smacked their child. They don't, they don't feel good about it. They, they know it's not really a very effective way to go. And they know that they've, they've caused a problem in the relationship with their child. And if you ask children how they feel about it, and children are obviously going to feel upset and distressed and may not be able to soothe that upset and distress. It's very hard for a child to turn around to a parent and say to a parent, you hurt me, you've upset me. It's hard for them to be able to say that. And that causes some kind of silence and oppression in the relationship between you. So I'm not advocating in this way of working that we should let children do what they want because I absolutely don't believe that children should do what they want. Anyone that knows me and my work with children will know that I'm very firm about boundaries and about keeping children in structured timetables, saying no to them, telling them when they should stop certain behaviours, engaging with them on what's the right thing to do. So it's not as if you are left with no other options. You're left with a thousand other options of how to engage with your children. Whereas slapping is so very limited, it leaves you no options. And it's the end of the line, really. If you don't like wars in this world, then don't slap your children because it's a very similar thing. It's just like, I will hurt you until you do what I want. And I think most of us right now in the world will know that that simply is not going to work. It's a very emotive subject. In Britain, you can't slap or hurt an animal. You would get prosecuted. So you certainly can't slap a child, in my view. Uh, it's just not okay. And I think that for the parents that say it never did me any harm, well, I think absolutely they may well mean that and um, they may well have an excellent relationship with their parents and and that will be great and that will mean that they've overcome that experience. But I think for as many parents that might be able to say it never did me any harm, what you have to remember is there will be an equal number of people who do feel that slapping caused them harm either by a parent or another adult. So we have a lot to think about when it comes to disciplining and managing children. And as I'm always saying, you, you know, you need to find your authority. You need to find your ability to be in charge because children are looking for that. They are looking for us to guide them and direct them. And you need to be a fantastic manager. You probably need to be incredibly hard working to get your children to behave well it is just very hard work and if you feel that you can sign up for hard work and good management 
and lots of communication and every now and then feeling very frustrated and upset with your child and having to step back until you feel you can talk with them about what it is they're getting wrong, then you'll be going in the right direction. If you think that slapping is the right way to go and that gives you an effective and loving relationship with your child, well, then I, then I would say you must carry on and make your own choice. But I certainly always advise parents to not slap. And I think you'll find that on the basis of all the neuroscience that we know now about the developing child's brain, that the impact is so traumatic that we actually could stand the chance of seriously affecting them and seriously causing them harm. And you must bear that in mind that you, you know, your child may say nothing, but you may well traumatize them with that one slap. So please don't do it. Please search for other ways to discipline your child. And let's continue thinking about ways we can go rather than the very limited, very short-sighted view that it's okay to slap children. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. And if you can rate the podcast in your podcast app, that will help spread the word and help more parents. So let's just think a little bit more about how in this podcast we can help parents not to slap because slapping is part of a reactive pattern of responding. And really what's most important is that we help parents to create an environment in their home and in, in wherever they are where aggression on the whole is reduced where we develop in our children more cooperative, engaged, communicative style of of being in the world. We encourage their brains to be more receptive to feedback. And in doing that, what we're going to be doing is reducing the aggression hormone that gets created when we do things like flat, when we're stressed and when we're angry we get cortisol in our systems and when we slap children we're very possibly creating that in their system so we're we're moving to dopamine and oxytocin and all those wonderful chemicals in the brain that make children happy receptive kind and feeling like life is great now the thing is this is the big thing for parents is that as I'm always saying it doesn't happen like magic it's actually really hard work to create that And if we want to be able to do it, we have to be able to know that in ourselves. For example, I mean, we all get stressed in the world that we live in. We all have too much to do. And as I observe it, particularly working families where parents are working, you know, even if a parent's at home looking after children, it's hard work enough. Children are at school. There's got to be enough money in the home and got to do the shopping and got to pay the bills and you've got to educate the children and you've got to keep them happy and all of these things and it's all big 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 demands and families get very exhausted and very frustrated and I have parents look at me as if to say what are you talking about when I say you're going to have to create downtime because downtime for our brains gives us a rest it gives us time to recuperate it gives us time to find a peaceful place inside and when we're peaceful and we're contented and our system is set to zero, our nervous system is set to zero, not charged up 
and ready to go all the time, we are much less likely to react to children. And the thing is this, that children are only learning, they are on the go all the time, their brains are really quick and they're very excited about life and they, and they are going to test us and we are going to feel annoyed at times. And we are going to feel as if we want to react. And, and the, the thing is to manage, not react. So we're managing our homes, we're managing our children. We're not shouting and, and we're not you know, frightening children to make sure we get what we want. That's very, very simple, actually. It's just a case of being conscious of this and carving out time and making sure that you all have enough downtime. The children, your partner, yourself, your pets, you, you know, or watch your pets, they'll tell you about downtime. So it's very, very simple things like sitting down quietly without any screen time and just following your breathing, sitting quietly and getting the children to do that, getting them to get their favourite pillow or their favourite hug toy and just to have some downtime of about 15 to 20 minutes every day if you can when your brain's not charged up ready to go and do and achieve and must do this and must do that and so that means making it part of the culture of your family now there are ways to achieve this have you noticed how quickly we're responding and reacting in the world that we live in we are all doing things in double quick time so one way to give the brain a really, really great rest and a really, really big treat is to just slow down the way that you do things, to do things in double the time, not half the time. So if you're a parent in your home from a, a long day's work, you know, try and slow everything down. Just try and slow bath time down for a few minutes. Try and slow bedtime down for a few minutes try and slow reading the story time down see what you can do to inject a little bit of quiet slow time into your day and see if you can get your children to eat this up and to enjoy this and I would say to you that you know this this shouldn't cost you any money this will only cost you a little bit of thought and a little bit of time management as to what part of your day you're actually going to decide we're slowing things down today. We're going to look at one thing very carefully together. And I, as a parent, am I going to bring my brain into line with the mind of my child and see if I can interact with them at their level for a while. The thing to remember here is that a stressed brain is a reactive brain. And you will snap. And if you think that smacking is okay, this probably will be a time at which you're going to smack. But what I would advise is that you sit quietly and do nothing rather than smack because you will be making the problem worse. So sit quietly, do some stretching, do some, do some lovely muscle stretching because that will feed into your mind. It will feed your system and it will say, let's just slow things down. Let's do some breathing. If you can do yoga, that's great, but you don't even have to be that smart. I mean, you could just get one of those lovely exercise balls and have everyone rolling around on them, trying to sort of calm their system down and get connected with your body. So I'd just like to say to you that screen time is not downtime.
at all. No, nothing. Shopping on the screen, no. Games on the screen, no. Talking with your friend on the screen, no, no, no. Screen time is not downtime. So put that away, put your phone away, put your children's phones away, put your iPads away, everything. Stop and look at life. I mean, screens are wonderful. Love them, love everything we do on them, but they do not help you to calm down. They absolutely make you more stressed, more anxious. We want to reduce all of this. So screen time is not downtime. Okay, television is resting, but it's not downtime. It's not conscious downtime. It's not breathing. It's not, say, for example, just for once in a day, putting your own needs first, you know, sitting, sitting quietly or making sure that you do something that's necessary for you to survive. And as we say in this parenting industry, putting your own oxygen mask on before you put everybody else's on. So you've got to feed yourself. You've got to deal with your worry yourself. You've got to see if you can solve your problems and see if you can engage in, in being focused in your life. And that's all hard enough, aside from everything else you're doing. And if you do that, if you manage to give yourself some calm down time, what you will find is your children will feed off of that and they will copy you and they will become calmer children. And then not everybody will be less reactive. Children won't be so aggressive anyway. And children will explore aggression. They will try and explore what that means and if that's effective. And again, bringing it back to slapping, if we're slapping, we, we show them that we think that is effective when in fact it's not. So there's just a few ideas there on caring for yourself as a parent, giving downtime to yourself without screens to help the children have downtime and resting your brain. And next time I do my podcast, I want to talk about really important things for a really well uh, soothed and calmed parental brain so that you can pass that on to your children. Meanwhile, take one step at a time and take every day as it comes and enjoy every minute of your parenting because it will all be gone and passed very quickly. Thank you for listening. We will continue to discuss this and other topics related to child mental health. So make sure you subscribe and if you have any questions for future episodes, please email me. There is a link in the podcast description.